0: I'm Rob Hirschfeld, CEO and co-founder of Racken, and your host for the Cloud 2030 podcast. Today's DevOps Lunch and Learn was about the Kubernetes Admission Controller, and we went deep into how it works, why it works, what the failure modes are, what you need to guard against, basically everything that you need to know to understand the Admission Controller process better and think about it in a secure, robust, and resilient way. Um, I can't think of a better primer on that topic and also Kubernetes architecture more generally. I am certain you will enjoy the discussion. All right, topic for the day, if, uh Something I know nothing about and I'm hoping to learn about <laughs> is is uh, policy controllers, OPA and admission controllers. Um, this was something that came up as a as a whole subtopic uh, around Kubernetes, and I would love to get smarter about it because I suspect I should know more than I do. Um,
1: it, it it's a it's a very um, deep end of the pool kind of topic, okay. um, but uh, yeah. Um, so, I, at, I, it's probably best to start with, with just an explanation of, of how they work. Um, so, when you install a a um, a Kubernetes admission controller, so the typically called admission controllers, but they the, they apply policies um what happens is the controller registers with the Kubernetes, uh control plane and says um any Kubernetes api request that matches these specific patterns should go through me first which means that then the the, the Kubernetes, uh, control plane receives the request let's say modify a resource. That request gets passed on to the uh, admission controller. The admission controller uh, reviews it. They may even choose to mutate uh, the request, and then passes it back to the control plane. And then the control plane implements it. The admission controller can also decide to reject the request, um, which is basically like the the primary function of admission there as well. Um, so the there's um, the typical behavior of, of the two most common admission controllers in Kubernetes, in which are OPA uh, gateway and Kyverno, is that you can run them in two modes: uh, either as enforcing or or as auditing. Uh, in in both cases um when an event happens that mission controller will emit a a log for for that event so if you do for example like if if you run it in audit mode that mission controller will receive the, the event um it will it, can, it will if it's applicable report a policy violation Let's say hey like this container is running as root, and well, it shouldn't, but it will allow it to to pass anyway. If you run it in enforcing mode, what happens is well it it admits the event, the 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 audit event, and blocks the resource at the same time. So you can yeah. do um, you can do a lot of security things with that. like for example, I'll uh, say like, okay, don't allow control, uh, containers that run as root um only allow containers that are signed or from this particular repository um enforce uh security policies or actually PSPs are are, are on the way out um security admission is is the the new hotness uh, or, or actually the, the what, what's replacing them and, and that's really in effect a native admission controller for Kubernetes. so um so it would be it will be interesting over the next couple of years to to see what happens with um with add-on admission controllers, um but uh, I I would expect that their function for auditing is still going to be uh, applicable.
2: Um, so
0: is is this? But is it is sort of the the mechanism baked into the Kubernetes system, or is this only done as an add-on
1: controller? So. Kubernetes. Uh, so the the ability to have an admission controller is baked into the Kubernetes system. Okay. So you you, you can run any kind of admission controller. And, and in fact, when uh, when you, when you okay. run, for example, a service mesh that injects uh, a sidecar proxy into your into your pods, that is also an admission controller. It just happens to use a the the mutating uh, webhooks as opposed to the admission webhooks. So, it, but it, it is ultimately the same process. The the, the request goes from the the Kubernetes control plane to the admission controller. The admission controller reviews it and does its mutation as opposed to doing its audit, uh, and then sends it back to the control plane, which then implements the final resource. Um, so. It is inherently a a very extensible platform, and, and it lets you uh, add behavior to your cluster that is not native um, without having to um, modify the the cluster code itself. So it, it it's complementary, I, I would say, to cut. Um, uh, to custom resource definition on, on, on the, um, and and um, and controllers and on, and operators, um, because mm-hmm. uh, operators are reactive to events. Uh, admission controllers are interactive with events.
0: Does, does that then create a performance bottleneck around the cluster?
1: It can if you don't scale your your admission controller. Um, okay. the, there's also the the other thing also is with with the admission webhooks. Um, you can specify how they should fail whether they should fail open or closed. So uh, in, okay. in, in a in a fail open uh, approach, if the if the the cluster control plane cannot. Or or cannot reach the admission controller, or the admission controller doesn't respond in a certain amount of time, the cluster says, "Well, it, I'll, I'll just take it and apply it as it is." If you feel close, that, then then it basically means that the the request failed because it timed out. I'm getting chills. That sounds terrifying. But I,
0: um, I mean, for if on a service by service basis, it might make sense. You might say this is such an essential service. I I need it to be up, even if the the related service is broken or unavailable, but otherwise you you could be opening yourself up for sabotage because admission controller is like essential, the way you're well, describing
1: uh, it. The, the, uh, I mean, uh, the counterpoint is that, um, for example, with, with a, when you're enforcing security policies, you want it to feel closed. You you don't want right. someone to DDoS your admission controller and then be able to deploy workloads that are not, otherwise not allowed. That, that's what I was thinking. Yeah. So yeah. So so in in most cases, the the default is to fail closed. Um, I I've seen very few cases where failing open is desirable, but but to keep up, <laughs> okay, that that's reassuring. <laughs> right. Yeah. Because
0: I mean, if you're eesh. Okay, I want to inject a uh, a little thought uh, bubble here that bubbled up. It's like Elon Musk is saying there's over a thousand microservices that are unneeded to run Twitter. They just need to be turned off and nothing would happen. Imagine one of them being this. Yeah. Imagine it being like the first or second one they turn off. Well, can you imagine that yeah. that 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 microservice is actually in a chain that is where it's dep- it has a dependency that that makes it so it you can't restart it if it's not up,
1: <laughs> like Man.
0: an indirect right? I I, I mean okay. I could see that that becoming. That's why you need this to say all right. Wait, this I you know I'm not gonna um <laughs> D- DDoS to be damned. There's certain services you're like. I I can't you know I can't create a dependency on on this service because it would break things.
1: It, it's yeah. actually entirely possible to do that. For example, let's say you you deploy a an admission controller that that has no exceptions for for any kind of namespace or or, or workload, okay. uh, and you create your Kubernetes cluster. So. Oh, sorry. So you have a you have a running cluster, you deploy the that mesh control. It's fine. Now you c- cycle your nodes because let's say you, you do some, some vertical scaling. So you you go from uh, a two core from two core nodes to four core nodes. So all of your nodes are getting replaced. Well, that inc- that means that your mission control is down too. It means that when a new node is being created. The CNI pods cannot be deployed because the admission controller is down. So, so you so you leave yourself in, in in like a chicken egg kind of problem. Fortunately, it's it's easy to to get out of that. You, you basically just need to disable the 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 admission webhook uh, in your Kubernetes cluster, which does not depend on on any kind of uh, in cluster pods, uh, and then you can bootstrap it that way, and, and then. And then recover your cluster. Uh you can also again, like like I said, like the this this scenario is if you have absolutely no whitelist. Typically, what you do is you you specify uh a number of um of namespaces like kube like system that are only that are that that are accepted uh, from the admission control rules, and then you just need to ensure that any any process that or that you have for installing workloads doesn't doesn't install into keep system and like installs into its own namespaces um but yeah it, it's definitely possible to to, to accidentally uh, configure yourself in, into a corner uh, and yeah. and we, we've seen this also like we, we're talking about this and like in the context of Twitter um or at least uh, with the background of, of, of what's happening in twitter but we we've seen that this kind of stuff happening also at larger fang companies like like facebook like the, the issue they had a while back um where their where their network went down uh, which re- blocked them from accessing the, their own data center because their network was down and, and, and the and the door controls were, were not working that's, that's the one I was thinking of actually
0: more than more than Twitter was that type of loop. They couldn't, you know, right. They couldn't get access to the unlock mm-hmm. and and you don't know, right. It's really hard to test what happens with a critical failure because most of these systems are so resilient that unless you've got a, um, you know, a chaos Elon on your team, mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, I think that's what we need to do. We need to rebrand chaos monkey to just be chaos Elon. Uh, (laughs) Uh, or rebrand chaos monkey to be elon monkey elon monkey (laughs) oh dude but i'm sorry that aside yeah go ahead well i was gonna say chaos monkey uh elon monkey is chaos monkey where chaos takes out multiple stuff at once and just shuts down whole (laughs)
1: I mean that still happens with with, with chaos monkey i I would yeah. say more that Elon monkey is Kiosk monkey for aya Was so that like randomly oh, you don't have access anymore. go figure it out
0: uh, sorry I, I, <laughs> there's a, there's definitely an org level um, actually I saw there was something I saw or heard somebody talking about. Oh, we're around the Twitter stuff. And this is relevant, I think, to the OPA piece in that um, it's it was teams, people that was actually more destructive from a H.A. perspective. Like you can build the systems to fail, but at some point you're going to require authorization to do something, some unexpected thing. It was um, was it. um, Maybe it was us talking about this. And then, and what happens is that somebody's like, "Oh, wait, we need to flip this switch," or somebody was like, "Oh, the generator's out of fuel. I need more fuel." And the they couldn't get um, somebody to authorize the credit card charge to buy the gas to fill the generators, and and so the site went down because, or they had to use a personal card because they couldn't they couldn't get the um, people to just say yes to an unexpected infrastructure component. Um and it's it's the it's not just an HA, I need to fail from you know Seattle to Virginia. I it's actually the executives who are in Seattle might be more um in in the a block than the data center migration.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think you know admission control is probably not that different if you have to make a policy change as as part of this that might actually have human components in it that keep you from making the right
1: the right call absolutely yeah okay if the now that is why i i believe that admission controllers need to be brought into the development cycle early like you don't want to drop an admission controller on a production cluster and have it go wild you you need to actually test your policies first in, in a pre-production environment. And, and I guess you, you could do that to some degree with, with, with running it in audit in, in mode as opposed to enforce mode. But um, there's still like as as we've seen like there, there's still scenarios where even in audit mode, like if you configure it to fail closed and on your admission controller is down, you do unforeseen reason. You're locked out of your cluster unless you have uh, significant privileges. So, um, so yeah, hmm. it 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 absolutely needs to be tested first, and 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 that is a hundred percent human, uh, human kind of task. Like somebody needs to decide what policies will be enforced and when, uh, whether you feel open or closed. Um, uh, and there needs to be a documented contingency plan.
2: Do most so of the it, tools do go ahead. Go ahead, Marcus. Yeah. do most of the tools do retroactive evaluation something in a scenario where I've got a policy uh, let's say policy version one, and then I deploy workloads into the cluster. I rivet to policy version two. I'm trying to think if any workloads in the cluster could potentially be non-compliant with the version two of the policy. Uh,
1: they can. Um, I I guess it depends on 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 the behavior. Like if if your admission controller does not have the RBAC to go and enumerate the resources in in your cluster. Hmm then yes you, you 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 definitely can run in the scenario where your policy is uh i'll sync with what you have deployed because what you have deployed doesn't change
2: yeah it's based upon the event of something yeah. new being added to the cluster
1: yeah. and, and and i mean it, it will it will come in it will come into effect once it is uh changed. Now, having said that, most admission controllers, or or at least the ones that I've seen have sufficient RBAC to be able to to be able to enumerate the resources that that they do have policies for. uh, And then on a regular basis to do a scan and say like, yep, this is still compliant. And, and you will you will, you will see that like if you describe your re, your resource, you, you will see the list of events, and you will see multiple events from your admission controller saying like, "Yeah, this is good," or "or no, this is failing a uh, policy." Uh, if you run it in audit mode, uh, if if you run it in, in enforcement mode, actually, I don't know if it will if it will kill the resource in enforcement mode or 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 just reject changes. I'll, I'll have to test it.
2: Yeah, I was wondering where. Um, how far those tools went into the space that where like a, a a Falco goes into? That's more of meant to be sort of that continuously running, continuous validation, so to speak, from policy standpoint. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, I mean, I, yeah. At, at the very least, in in, in audit mode, it, uh, almost all of the tools that, that I've seen uh, that that are admission controllers do this on a continuous basis, uh, and and in fact many have to do it like imagine you you deploy a service mesh after you you have your workloads in, in place mm-hmm. you don't want to have to manually restart deploy. all of your workloads yeah. you, you want the service mesh to be able to 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 say like yeah these are these don't have my sidecar injected so I need to force them to, to restart according to their um to their own policies mm-hmm. um, it, it, it's something, however, also that that you want to be able to toggle. Like it, you don't want everything to to be recreated at the same time. Yeah, but but yeah, at, at that point we are getting into the the murky waters of configuration management and and uh, and change rollouts, uh, for which there's uh, like you you ask five people, you get a dozen different
2: opinions. Yeah, and that's the, the space that really interests me, is especially with folks looking to move more and more towards GitOps as the, the method of operating, is where are the where are the, the potential blind spots, so to speak, even in regards to I gotta dig more into the the mutating um uh, webhooks in the sense of is certainly there's a possibility for it to do something nefarious it's trying to to think it understand in my head where's the where the the mechanisms in place to be able to certainly help validate it. obviously ensuring it comes from a a good known source and you've done the appropriate validation of, of the beforehand um but in the in the event somebody quote unquote skirts some of those best practices what's the extent of the the potential impact or ramifications
1: yeah so the the admission controller is a tool for mitigate those kind of skirting behaviors
2: yeah Uh, the the thing becomes if my admission controller (laughs) has been uh, hijacked so to speak the damage it could do
1: yeah well yeah i mean uh, that that is the equivalent of of saying like well if, if someone gets super user access to to your vm well, yeah. At, at, at that point, it it is, it is game over. Um. Uh. Now, uh, the 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 good thing is that that again, like all all of these submission controllers, they they do emit um the they they do emit emit event logs. Um. So everything is recorded. So you, you need what you what you need is to mm-hmm. again to to have sufficient monitoring in place to say an unusual event happened here like someone needs to take a look at it
2: Mm
1: -hmm. um yeah but but on the other hand like again like uh since you particularly since you mentioned github's um i personally i i i feel that admission controllers are great at ensuring uh or or at uh what uh mitigating um configuration drift so so that they're that they're, wonder, they're a wonderful they're com- wonderful companion for for gitops because uh it it means that n- not only do you have declarative configuration through gitops you also have declarative enforcement through your admission controller so that even if someone were to go right. into a cluster that, that is running GitOps managed workloads and, and, and goes and makes manual changes, like, for example, scales down your deployment or changes the resource uh, limits or requests or, or whatever. Um, because that change comes from a different source, you can configure your admission controller to block it.
0: That could be a risk, though. If that, if you have a, you know, if you're, <laughs> that could block you if something happens to your GitHub source. Oh,
1: yes, yeah. uh, I yeah. guess. Like, like you yeah, got to remember,
0: remember that the, the, these are all balances on. on. Right. So does does the admission controller end up being something that third parties are are writing or building, like? I guess I've seen some, and maybe I haven't been paying attention because I didn't understand how integral this was in the ecosystem. Uh, it seems like a, a, a prime candidate for people to commercialize, like, oh, here, use our industrial hardened or improved visibility or AI backed admission controller. Uh, so uh, I, I haven't seen that as much. Um, it, it,
1: in, in most cases, um, you, you probably don't see it because it's not highlighted. But when you look at Kubernetes security suites, like holistic security suites, like what AquaSec provides, one of the components is OPA gateway. It like they, they use an emission control. It's just, it's just that it's one of the features. So, so they don't highlight it. Um, but it, it's definitely there.
2: Yeah, it's uh, embedded in uh like Red Hat solution, VMware solution. When they start talking about policy management for Kubernetes clusters, they're using those mechanisms.
1: Yeah, okay. a- a- Any kind of again, any kind of holistic security uh suite for, for Kubernetes, so anything that 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 touches like uh admission control, uh auditing, logging, etc., it they will have have that in place. Uh and, and in most cases. Uh, they will have standardized on, on, on one of the two popular um, solutions which are again uh, O gateway or or Caverno. it it is very rare at least for for the security aspect for for a vendor to produce the to to come out with their with their own tooling uh, mostly again because the there's so many, so there are so few exceptions needed for the two of them. Uh, it, it's, it's really, it really comes down just to the configuration language. Like, do, do you want to use Rego or do you want to use YAML? Hmm.
0: But in a, in a dynamic environment, I guess maybe in the YAML that you're configuring, or what Rico? Um, can you are you building wildcards? Like what are you defining as as admission? Is it uh, per microservice? Is it per web? I mean, how do you what? What's the what's the granularity?
1: The granularity is the Kubernetes resources. So uh, ah, again, like when, when okay. you create a, a Kubernetes, so. When, when when you interact with the with the Kubernetes API, like you, when on, on on create or modify resources or, or, or even delete, uh, you, there is a spec for it, right? So you have the you have the group, you have the kind, uh, you have the, the namespaces, and, and all that other stuff. All of those can be filters for your for your policies. Um, and and yes, you can use wildcards as well. You can say like namespace star, um, like a verb uh, create, delete, um, and and then again fil- filter down. Uh, however, you want like wh- whether you want it to be general or, or very specific. You can also like the in in many cases you can also Im- invert. The, um, um, the, the, the filter to say, like, anything except this namespace.
0: So with that, would you at some point tie that into a service mesh, right? I When I hear admission controller, sometimes I, I think of traffic admission, but you're going to need a service mesh to really do traffic routing, which is a different...
1: Um. Yeah, I'm, I mean, some service or I'm, or measures. I'm really, missing it. Yeah. Some service sort measures of do you do use an admission controller? Like, yeah. uh, at least the, the 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 current stable version of Istio does that. Like, it, it like that are an sure Linkerd also does it. So pretty much anything that needs to mutate resources as they're being created. That's essentially an admission controller. It's it, it just that they, they happen to. Uh, use the mutating webhook for for the Kubernetes API as opposed to the admission webhook. Um, so I mean mutating. if we if we want to be pedantic, yes. So, the, so the, the you you could you could name one of them an admission controller and then the other one uh, like a mutation controller. But right. ultimately the, 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 they work so closely like so so, so very similarly that I don't see the point in, in differentiating between them. Okay. Having said that, um, the trend that I see in service meshes is away from sidecars. So the need That's to done. do mutation is is going away. The need to
0: do mutation? Yeah, or, or at least- so the, Is the is, is there a removal of sidecars
1: an eBPF yes. question? Or is it, okay. Yeah, uh, ebbf in, enabled that. So, so again, like, and right. we we've talked in the past about uh, about Cilium and 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 how it, it does it, um, but um, was it Cilium or was it Calico? I, I don't even remember anymore. Uh, but but yeah, it, like even Istio, like the, their their newest version of the service, match, which again, it's it's not stable yet, but but it, it like it just hot of the press in the past couple of weeks it it uses the same approach it 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 uses eBPF. Uh, and it's really at that point istio becomes your cni uh, and it makes sense like right? the 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 function of both of them is so closely tied together that you you might as well blend them
2: And so how the sidecars have been previously been deployed was utilizing the webhook. And so in your code or your oh, declaration, you, you don't define a sidecar pod. Exactly.
1: Uh, like, like you can use any of off-the-shelf deployment and say like, okay, de- deploy this, that, that, that just runs my, my container, only my container. But because of the mutating webhook, then the the controller will will add the the sidecar to the resource dynamically. So when it actually reaches the the Kubernetes the control plane, you know, like when it actually does the create operation, it creates your controller with the, the sidecar and the the necessary routing configurations so that all the traffic goes through the sidecar.
0: I didn't realize there was a webhook involved in that, though. I mean, that's a huge amount of back traffic in that setup. The overhead would be could be enormous.
1: Yes, it, 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 in it, if if the that mission control does not perform very fast, then then there is a significant lag time uh, involved there, uh, and, and that that's also why why you should monitor your Kubernetes API latency if you run on a mission controller. Oh huh. this is I
0: mean the, the, the whole opa thing is cool. There's an architectural component in here that I think absolutely fascinating with how much the you know architectural things that that Kubernetes decided having dynamic webhook is so embedded into the functioning of the architecture, um, which I think is is sort of awesome and
1: sort of scary at the same time. But it, yeah, it, it it's it's a very clever way of of making a system ex- extensible. Yeah, like it, it 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 allows for for basically uh, like infinite uh, like. Mutability, um, yes, you 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 run into some issues when when you, for example, you you have multiple admissions controllers running at the same time, and and then you need to say like, okay, which in which order are these being applied? Uh, kind of stuff. Um, so it, it's it's not something you want to abuse either. Well, right? but neither do you want to abuse eBPF or, or or operators. Um, okay. I, I would also say that, uh, as as scary as it sounds, um, keep in mind that this is not a new idea. Like, like it is really the the equivalent of aspect oriented programming. Uh, and and if you're not familiar with that, oh, uh, aspect oriented programming is, is is basically a a way that that you would hook into your programming language and say, "Well, um, if this these conditions are met, run this function before or after in in, in the call stack." I mean, and, and that's literally what you're doing in 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 I know, like in in the in the flow diagram of. of Right, so so basically,
0: and what you're saying is OPA is taking advantage. It's just like um, the way a lot of the J- Java web structures built around aspect-oriented programming for Java to enable security and audit and conformance, right?
1: Mm-hmm. The same yeah. thing. So, so you get the same benefits, and of course, you have the same downsides. Like uh, nothing's a free lunch. Like you, you, there, there's always a, a, a cost for for Running animation controller like one, uh, uh, as Martez pointed out. Oh, but you it, could, it, but it, you could turn it off. So the
0: OPA ends up being if it's if it's if it's a aspect, then you can add it to the system incrementally. But it's not. It doesn't. Ha- it's not a functional requirement for Kubernetes. Exactly. Oh.
1: Like, again, okay. it, I was
0: it, it, I was thinking these these were actually embedded into the the system itself, and it you would you know it was just part of the security protocols around it. What, what you're describing is, oh, you know we have we have all these interactions, and we can inject security as part of the the inner the, the the flow, the object flow or object management.
1: Yeah, so. Hmm. Yeah, so so the the process is that that basically when you deploy your admission controller, un, unless you create an admission webhook or a mutating webhook, which which basically tells the QNAS control plane that these events need to go through the admission controller first. Right. Like unless you unless those are created, it's a no-up. Like the, the, the admission controller runs there, but it doesn't do anything. It's only after you go on, uh, uh, and, and for typically is is after the the that mission controller itself connects to the to the control plane, like does a call out to the to Kubernetes API and says like, okay, create this webhook now because I am ready to serve it. Uh, at at that point, anything that matches that 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 admission webhook goes through the again goes through that mission controller first, and then back to the Kubernetes control plane, which does its regular things. So, so yeah, so at the, at the time where you create your admission webhook or your mutating webhook is when you uh, activate that aspect.
0: this is fascinating. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. I mean, I always, every, every time we pull apart Kubernetes, I, I understand, I start understanding the architecture differently. Uh,
1: Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I personally, I, I see these capabilities as one of the reasons why Kubernetes has seen such Comparative longevity, like like it, like compared to to to, and, 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 I, and I'm saying longe- longevity in, in like it's not that that it's been around that that long, <laughs> but that it stayed fresh for for so long. It, it, and in and yeah. the sense that it's adaptable, and, and it and it lets you implement these things. And and yes, certainly some of these patterns will become de facto standards. And and we see that with admission control already, like the uh, the admission controller, um, like the functionality is there there now, but uh, with pod security policies on the way out and pod uh security admission on the way in uh, like post security admission is essentially a built in admission controller so you 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 do you do the same work you you have the same kind of control on, on policies it's just uh less effort to get it started and 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 that i believe is is a good thing because it it means then also that for um for anything that uses admission control is afterwards, there's already the crown the groundwork is already done. There's the familiarity and uh, it, it will be easier to adopt as well. But I mean that, that that's not to say that, that Kubernetes will will ever will, will forever stay fresh.
0: No, but uh, I mean uh, if you if when I when I compare it and there's a there's a balance of needed, you know, how much complexity like like Mesos was even was was really, really difficult, very open-ended, but it was also very infrastructure, which is the things you're describing are not they're 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 not as they're more object you know model stuff and con- you know container scheduling with an object model. Mesos was really a ops platform. Um, and Docker Swarm didn't have any of these thoughts in it. they They, they were very rigid. From a usability perspective, like they were like, I don't. know, All this stuff takes away from user experience. This is, in some ways, um, the remarkable thing is that Kubernetes got enough, you know, um, flexibility, but not not too much, yeah. or
1: it, not. Yeah, it lets you customize behavior mm. uh, as opposed to resources. Uh, um and and that is i mean it, it, from my per, from my point of view th- this was intentional right. but not necessarily for the reasons that, that 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 you you think it was for like mm-hmm. it, like I, I see that as being intentional because the Kubernetes developers didn't want to have to maintain the the like different kinds of behaviors so so i and, and and i've mentioned this in the past when when, when talking about uh uh Operators and controllers, and, and that they ended up saying, like, you know what? Instead of us implementing all of this and, and maintaining pull requests and, and, and features and stuff, here is a way for you to hook, hook into the behavior or, or hook into the events and and implement it yourself. It, it is now out of our scope, and and, and that and that uh, again, I, I there's something I said in the past, but but, but uh, I will keep repeating it because I I believe it's. I believe it's brilliant, like it, 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 because mm. it, it allowed the platform to be just so flexible and extensible. So, that, and it, it was it was not part of the original design. I well, this is this is the the question I was going to ask you is because
0: we we love to talk about you know it came from Borg it came from Borg which which is marginally true it came from the Borg engineers, um, but I suspect none of the features that were describing as essential to its longevity were, were Borg features. Because with
1: Borg, you would just, just write that thing. <laughs> you don't need for flexibility, just write it in. You didn't even have stateful sets for Borg. So so yeah, uh, yeah. Like, Kubernetes evolved way past its inception. Yeah,
0: that's cool. Interesting insights. Thank you. I. I I feel like I got smarter on Kubernetes. <laughs> a lot and some on OPA. I'm still <laughs> a little uh, I'll keep I'll keep watching. I, actually I think what, what you've done is given me enough information I can listen intelligently to the next next OPA discussion I have. Uh, well, so I appreciate call. that. Um,
1: I do have to run, but yeah, uh, thank you all. Next time this was
0: this was fantastic. Really deep. See you. Yeah, Matt. Wow. Thank you for joining us in the Cloud 2030 podcast. This is the type of detailed, hands-on discussion that really makes our roundtables unique. Um, I hope you will come in and be a part of it. We want to hear your questions, your inputs, your thought. Uh, You can find out more at the2030.cloud, and I'm looking forward to seeing you there. Thank you for listening to the Cloud 2030 podcast. It is sponsored by RackN where we are really working to build a community of people who are using and thinking about infrastructure differently, because that's what Rackend does. We write software that helps put uh, operators back in control of distributed infrastructure, really thinking about how things should be run and building software that makes that possible. If this is interesting to you, uh, please try out the software. We would love to get your opinion and, and, and hear how you think this could transform infrastructure more broadly, or just keep enjoying the podcast and coming to the uh, discussions and, you know, laying out your thoughts and how you see the future unfolding. It's all part of building a better infrastructure operations community. Thank you.